Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Getting fit and staying healthy always sounds easier said than done, right? OpenFit is bringing you something new that makes it even easier to never miss a sweat session. Lose the commute to the gym and let the workouts come to you. OpenFit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. I mean, everybody's bodies are different, so OpenFit gets that, which is why it's personalized to your needs with custom-tailored and original content. OpenFit classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. Sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers, founder of worldwide sensation Extend Bar, or get in crazy good shape with Hunter McIntyre, named by Sports Illustrated as one of the top 50 fittest athletes. These trainers know how to get you results quick. Forget all the complexity and stress around getting fit and just press play and work out on your schedule. 600 Seconds with Celebrity Trainer Devin Wiggins packs the fat-burning, muscle-building, and body-sculpting benefits of much longer sessions into a fraction of that time. You can access it anywhere and anytime, view it on your computer, web-enabled TV, tablet, smartphone, and Roku. Lose up to 15 pounds in just the first 30 days. Flatten your abs, shape your body, and look and feel excellent. OpenFit has changed the way I work out, and with my code, DIVORCE, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use my code, DIVORCE, and start using OpenFit for your journey to a healthier life. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, my listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit, where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days when you text DIVORCE, D-I-V-O-R-C-E, to 303030. You will get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information, totally free and in time for your summer beach body. Again, just text DIVORCE 303030 and start working out. Hi there, it's Laura Wasser. And if anyone knows how much divorce sucks, it's me. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years and I've worked on thousands of divorces. Creating peace in families is how I lost my voice. From the top of the food chain all the way down to my very first case, which was my own divorce when I was 25. I wrote the book on divorce, or I wrote a book on divorce. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way, How to Divorce Without Destroying Your Family or Bankrupting Yourself. That book became a bestseller because it presented another option for ending a marriage, one that doesn't necessarily include lawyers and one that leaves more money in both parties' bank accounts and less animosity in their hearts. We created It's Over Easy, the one-stop breakup divorce resource online with the same principles in mind. So welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast, where we talk about breaking up, getting divorced, and moving on. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Sunny Side Up Report. I'm Laura Wasser. I'm Johnny Rains. Hey there, everybody. And this is the part of the Divorce Sex Podcast where Johnny and I do... The news. Where Johnny (laughs) and I do what we like to call a media and news roundup with whatever Johnny can scrape from the bottom of the divorce barrel over the week prior. So, or, you know, breakups, whatever, that kind of fun stuff. And then we report it to you guys in the most plucky manner. <laughs> well, we start off today, relationship updates from Hollywood, what's different for gay divorcees, and why less people are getting divorced, but the divorce rates are more or less the same. A woman who maps out how she's going to get more sex after divorce, navigating your return to the dating world post-divorce, where you should work if you want to meet a spouse who's likelier to stick around, 
And last but not least, why are there so many narcissists in the world? It's like a portal open from Narcitania, the day of the last inauguration, and they've just taken over. Yes. Well, when we all decided to come over here, all of us. <laughs> yes, through the portal. <laughs> yes. So the first article, as I said, is you know a relationship update from Hollywood. Lady Gaga has broken her silence on her split from her ex-fiancé while performing her jazz and piano show as part of her residency in Las Vegas on Sunday night. Mother Monster briefly addressed her split from her ex-fiancé. When a song reminded her of when she was engaged, she said, last time I sang this song, I had a ring on my finger, so it'll be different this time. Didn't we kind of know that they ended their engagement? Well, she broke her silence now. I see. Yes. Okay. Next, and way more relevantly, uh, by Rachel Dowd at UCLA. The publication is fizz.org. Yes. An overview of topics covered in a new book for about LGBTQ divorce and relationship dissolution, including factors that make LGBTQ relationships unique. And the credit is Oxford University Press. Very interesting book. And... When they were asked why they decided to publish this book, yes. they said there's relatively little research on relationship and dissolution patterns among lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people. Now that same-sex couples have the right to marry nationwide, Yay. we saw that there was a whole new phenomenon of same-sex divorce, which needed scholarly attention. So definitely, definitely read up. Let's give it some scholarly attention, and let's have a podcast about it, shall we? I think we should. Next... Yes, the change, this change in American culture explains why fewer and fewer people are getting divorced. It's an interesting article because the, I think the title is a little clickbaity. It's actually explaining that the divorce rate is more or less the same. And guess what? Older people over 50, you might know a few, are still getting divorced and actually they're becoming more likely to get divorced. Also, I think that there are people that are better able to navigate their relationships and maybe aren't getting married in the first place, mm -hmm. waiting longer. Yeah, right. um, this is all good. This is all good stuff. And I do believe that the evolution of dissolution will bring with it likely less divorce overall. Fingers crossed. This one I like. After a divorce, this writer dedicated a year to seeking out new commitment-free lovers. Mm, yeah, well, she... Bang. <laughs> exactly. That's what she was hoping for. Yes. So the, um, the book is Leslie Morgan's new memoir, The Naked Truth. I'm reading it. We will probably speak with her at some point on this podcast. But it really is an interesting kind of next phase look at relationships from someone who probably got married before there was internet dating, etc., and then got back out there into the world. And really, in my opinion, thus far explains masterfully how it all works. More about that? Nope. Well, okay. Next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next article that I want to bring to your attention, Laura, is from Vogue India, and it was written by Gayatari Sarang. It's about, uh, the title of it is Baking, Tinder, Self-Acceptance, My Road to Finding Love After Divorce. It's one woman's journey to become comfortable in her skin again after divorce and advice for navigating the 21st century dating world. I really liked it. If you're going through anything like this, if you're thinking about it, one of the things we try to do on this podcast is kind of widen the conversation and I do try to find things from different countries, different cultures. This one spoke to me. Check it out. As you know, all of these are available. You can click through on the It's Over Easy blog and download them. So that was a really good one. one of the I, I'm impressed you could pronounce her name too. That was Well, awesome. thank you. I, I'm a very impressive person. Now, one of the things that they say in the article that I really that really moved me is she says, we all deserve better. The wives, the divorcees, the never married, we all deserve more respect. So many friends say they are unfulfilled in their marriage 
marriages but are too afraid to leave. The overwhelming fear is, what if I don't find better? In my opinion, the reason we stay in unhappy marriages is the reason marriages are unhappy. We let our partners treat us poorly, believing that all men are the same, and men continue to operate in the comfort of knowing our fears are not unfounded. We need to break the cycle. Next, by Leah Thomas, oh, publication yes. Fairy Godboss on theladders.com. Employees in these 10 industries are the most likely to get divorced. So top of the, of the ladder, so to speak, are bartenders. But they also talk about 10 occupations with the lowest divorce rates. And scientists is there. They're likelier to stay hitched. That's because they're nerds, right? Well, you know, smart. I th- I'll take a smart nerd over an asshole bartender. Ooh. <laughs> do you hear that, bartenders? Why do I think that there's probably not that many scientists listening to the podcast? But possibly <laughs> what? some what bartenders. <laughs> and here we go. Enjoy the show. Today, families come in many iterations, a mom, a dad, two moms, two dads, single parents, co-parents. However, the ending of a relationship may be inevitable, and in that case, don't burn bridges, meaning especially if you have kids with the person that you're splitting from, he or she is going to be your co-parent throughout this. So figure out a way to do it before the anger and animosity starts to make your face look bad. The other thing to remember is that this person is someone you shared intimacy with, presumably someone whom you loved at one point. Try and tap into those good memories because there must have been some. And believe it or not, sometimes it's just easier to talk after you've split up. And if that's the case, congratulations, because you'll be able to co-parent that much more effectively. If you don't believe me, you're a fool. But don't just take my word for it. On today's episode of Divorce Sucks, you're going to hear how to co-parent like a pro from a pro. My guest today is one of the most decorated college football players in sports history. He's won the Heisman Trophy, a BCS National Championship, and two Associated Press National Championships. He played professionally for the Arizona Cardinals, the Houston Texans, the Oakland Raiders, and the Buffalo Bills. God, you should be like 55 by now. He's a father and a co-parent, and you see and hear him now on air at Fox Sports and on the Barstool Sports Podcast, Pardon My Take. Oh. And he had a cameo in House Bunny starring Anna Ferris. Oh, goodness. And we, we know how much we love her. Welcome to Divorce Sex, my friend, Matt Leinert, and happy belated birthday. Hi. Happy belated Mother's Day. <laughs> Two you. things. Buffalo. I spent three days in Buffalo. We, we have, Johnny's very thorough. I, I, I literally got signed there. I threw. I played the worst game of my life. It was actually right, when I, right before I met my now wife, so I was like ready to retire. I spent three miserable days in the city of Buffalo, which I don't encourage anybody to go oh, there. Oh Sorry God. to the, They have great we, fans, but I want to go there. We have a lot of Buffalo listeners. <laughs> we don't have a lot of lizards. Um, home, so <laughs> and then the house bunny, which uh, is just, you know, just on my resume. It's great. It was a great cameo. It was a great cameo. <laughs> Dude, that was, oh gosh, it actually still plays. It's funny. I know. I I'll just get watched a, it the other I'll day. I'll get a, a residual check from that for like five cents, like once, like once a year. <laughs> ah, thanks for having me on, though. Of Appreciate course, it. I'm so excited you're on because we don't generally get enough dudes, mm-hmm. and we certainly don't get enough dudes talking about their experiences right. and dad dudes. And you are one of my favorite dad dudes, always have been, because when Matt and I met, he was a baby, and I was kind of a baby attorney, but. He well, you you tell. Well, you're in college. I, yeah, I was. Uh, God, 2000. So I graduated USC in 2005. I was getting ready for the NFL draft in 06. So I got drafted by Arizona. I found out that I was having a baby, which has been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And my son Cole is almost 13 now, which is crazy. And then go through the fall, and then I think we met 
probably we met in 07 for sure um when cole was you know three four five months old and that's that's where our relationship started. Yes, it was definitely the fault because yeah. I remember it was Yom Kippur. Our office was closed for the Jewish holiday, and I got this call, I think from one of your agents or something. And well, you know like, who recommended you? Who? Uh, Josh Richmond. Okay. And, right. and Nick Lachey. Right. Okay. See, and, <laughs> Mutual friends. Never could there be three more different people <laughs> than Matt Leinert, Josh Richmond, and Nick Lachey. But okay, so you were hanging with your homies, and they're like, you got to see Laura. And I think maybe Josh called and was like, Sorry, I know it's Yom Kippur. Josh is Jewish too. He's like, you got to get into the office and you got to meet with mm-hmm. my boy Matt Leinart. So I did, and we took it from there. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, obviously, at the time, I knew nothing about you. I never had been through that. And then those are two still um, close friends of mine. Would just say like, she's the best. She's amazing. This is who you want in your corner if you're going through whatever you're going to go through. And uh, that's how we met. And I. I like to think like I appreciate you saying like we were pretty close and we dealt through a lot as you deal you see things all the time but for you know my mom my mom was there every step of the way say, with I us. spent a lot of time with the Leinert family the in Leinert the, in family the late, in the 2007 yeah. and 8 <laughs> <laughs> It was uh gosh I learned god it feels forever ago I learned a ton and uh it was Tell them who taught you how to diaper a baby Did you teach me how I to did. diaper a baby? And did. I did You're... it left-handed because that's how David taught me to <laughs> diaper right, Luke David. I had a two-year-old at the yeah. time, and yeah, they're around there. Okay, so he, Luke's a Luke's couple, just a little turned bit 14. older. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, and he's probably a lot shorter. And Cole you know what? Five ten. That's here we are now, twelve years later, doing your podcast. I mean, look at you. I, I know. Mean, just a woman of many talents. So one of the things we talk about a lot on the podcast is how to effectively co-parent. Mm-hmm. So although you were not married to Cole's mom, you guys were young. You found out that she was pregnant, and you and I remember the first thing you said to me because at the time I was doing a lot of work with dads and mm-hmm. a lot of custody with dads. And believe it or not, even in the year since two thousand seven, we as a culture, and certainly we in Los Angeles, have come really far with regard to dads' rights mm-hmm. and dads being kind of hand on parents. And I kind of thought, oh, here's this guy; he's going to want to find out how much he has to send a check for every month and whatever, and maybe. When he gets older and more settled, he'll have more time with this kid. But from day one, you said to me, I really I want to be a dad. And I really want to be able to be in his life on a, on a daily basis, mm-hmm. hands-on, whatever. And so Matt and I went through a lot of the you know, driving pickups. Oh, there was uh, early days when mom was breastfeeding and <laughs> said, I mean, I remember this was one of the first times when this impediment, which is breastfeeding, which many, many women say, like, I really need the baby to be with me at all times because I'm breastfeeding. And that makes sense if you're a mom, a young mom. And our judicial officer just looked at her and said, pump. You got to send him him to dad with a bottle. He can do it just as well. They will be bonding pump. And so that was a court order. I mean, that was like a big deal for me in my Mm -hmm. career because I have said to many, many people since then, like, yeah, the whole breastfeeding thing, that shouldn't be an impediment to <laughs> having custody of your kids. Here's what happened to me one time. So, okay, so now let's talk about being a co-parent with someone and being a pro athlete and having to live and travel and yeah. whatever else. That was – well, that's the hardest thing because for me, and like you said, like for, for me when I found out I was having a baby, it wasn't – I wasn't like, oh, my God, I don't know how to be a dad. Like for whatever it was natural to me. It was, it's never been natural. My brother – as a four-year-old, and he's a great father, but it was never something like, like if he would have found out he was having a kid at 23, I don't know what he would have done. For me, I was like, it was just I was ready to do it. It was not how I envisioned it, but I just felt natural. And then obviously my mom, who was, I mean, 
you know, she passed away two years ago, but she was literally like, I don't know what I would have done without her. So for me, it was easy in the sense like I was just ready to take on the challenge. And, and I just like I love kids and I loved I loved my unborn baby. I was ready for him to be out. As far as being a professional athlete, that's the hardest part is living away and then wanting to be active, you know, and, and I was fortunate enough to live in Arizona, which is close. Right for the first four years of Cole's life. So I was back and forth all the time, which was a blessing. And then I went to Houston, which was really hard. And that's when it really shifted for me emotionally because Cole was, you know, four, five, six. And he started to like, that's when our bond, we were like, he was becoming a little boy, you know, and I'll never forget. I think it was every two weeks, every home game. That's how we structured it. So my mom and my dad would fly him out from Friday to Monday or Friday to Sunday. And Sunday, he would like ball cry every time. And that was the first, the first four years, he was just too little. He would leave, bye dad, see you later. But that was when it really started affecting him. And it got, I, I remember my poor mom, I would get in the car and drive him to the airport and it was the, or, or I would have to go to work and I would say bye to him in the car, put him in the car seat. My mom would have to stay in the house to not see the exchange of like, cause he wouldn't uh, let me go, you know, uh. like, daddy, don't leave, don't leave. And it was just like, it was the, that's when it really, I was like, God, this is really, really hard. Like, it was always hard, but that was like, and I was maturing as right. a as a person, you know. So, uh, those were the Houston days were hard because it's further away, and I saw him less during the season. The off seasons were obviously great, and I was around all the time, and and you know we'd worked it out where I saw him a lot. Uh, By the way, listeners, I didn't know what a bye week was until I met <laughs> Matt and he, my partner Nan, who would figure out the schedules and sit down with us. She's like, "This is the bye. This is the bye." Like, what are you talking about? What we had mean? some funny conversations. Like, like what is like? I don't even think you do much about football. This I time. You're like, what the hell? I did um, I was a basketball. And girl. then <laughs> the last year was Oakland, which again was very fortunate. You know, easy, easy fly uh, flight up north. But that was when that was my last year. Buffalo, you, t- you mentioned, was just a, a drop in the bucket. But, but at Oakland was really when I was like, you know what? Like, I've had a good career. You know, I like I've made money. I'm like I'm just I'm set. I feel good. I'm really I'm really worn out from football and the grind and really the mental grind. And then as Cole was getting older, and this was right around the time where I met my now wife, I just was like in a different place. I'm like, God, I just don't want to play anymore. Like. I was playing – I was honestly, I was playing just for the paycheck because everyone tells you play as long as you possibly can right. because once it's gone, it's gone. So I was like – I was just playing and I just wasn't playing because I loved it anymore. I was playing I – loved, I loved football, but I was just playing just to have make a living as long as I could. And that's when I knew I was kind of done. And that shift, that mental shift really helped me and retirement for me was like the easiest thing ever. Like I was happy and right. I was like – I was happy to be a full-time dad. I was happy that I met – uh, you know, a woman in my life that I was like, you know, at the time we just started dating, but that I, that I knew she was going to be the one. I just knew it. You said uh, yeah, me. I said she's it. I was like, I think one. she, as long as she put, like, <laughs> she, if she likes me, she's going to be the one, you know? <laughs> I was very persistent in that. And that was it. So, but, but being a professional athlete, it's really, especially like, uh, I speak for myself. Like, I, like you said, I really cared about it. Like, I really wanted to be a present dad as much as I can in his early years because I think that's where you really develop the bond. And and it was evident in those Houston days when that emotional, which was the hardest thing, but it also was sort of gratifying because I was like, I make like I know I'm there. Like he knows his dad. He knows that I care. It's emotional for him. And um, as hard as it was, it really like I remember my mom used to say like, you know, like these are the days we'll remember, you know, like that bond and what we're building. And, uh, you know, it was hard. And it's been 
It's never easy. I mean, you know, when you have two people always constantly trying to, you know, you're just different pages. You're trying right. to, that's the hard part. And she has two other kids. Yeah. And Blake she, Griffin. So she's, poor mom is dealing with the fact that she's got these two. Yeah. And she's got dads. a lot going on. And, you know, she's got three kids. And I can only imagine, you know, I want to have kids with my wife. And, 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 and I think we do, you know, in all honesty, I think we do a really good job with Cole as far as co-parenting him. And Cole's a great kid. And that's the one thing I always tell and I think, you know, we both would speak on this. The one thing most people say, if not all, it's not like like he's a, he's a really great athlete. Like he's just he's really naturally he's big, he's tall. Wait, hold on. I want to read something about this. Hang on. Oh. So, <laughs> this is who's Bruce Feldman? Is that somebody I should oh, know? Bru- oh, you're going to read the yeah. yeah. He's a Fox. He's an insider for college football for us. Okay, so there's a tweet last October that has it's a little film that says this is Matt Leinert's son Cole. <laughs> He's already 5'7 and has a huge arm. He hasn't turned 12 yet. Shocked that Lane Kiffin and FAU haven't already offered him. I don't know who they are. But now (laughs) he is 12 (laughs) and he's 5'10 and he's got like quite an arm apparently. Yes. Yeah, he does. He, uh, well, that was, uh, was pretty funny. Lane Kiffin was an old coach of mine at USC. He's bounced around. He's the head coach at FAU now, and uh, he he basically joked on Twitter that he already offered Cole a scholarship, and he right. said that because he he was the first to offer this kid David Sills, who's actually just was in the NFL draft this year. He offered him a scholarship at thirteen, and that made news back then. It was a long right. time ago, um, so it kind of it was funny that I think Lane said that because of the, the history, it. and Lane likes to tweet things, and he's a good friend of mine, but he likes to make noise, and um, so that. Got a lot of, you know, like impressions and views. And Cole's actually pretty pumped. It was really cute. Um, the it, video. He, he does like football. He loves football. He loves all of the sports. And I encourage all the sports. But um, what I was going to say was he's he works hard. He's he's a really good athlete. But every parent and I'm kind of bragging on him, but like every parent is like he's such a good kid. Like right. he's just such a kind hearted you know, he looks you in the eye. He shakes your hand. He's he's polite. He's he's uh, he's a teen almost too. Like so, get as ready. you know, get but, ready for the eye rolling oh, and oh, the vaping. Oh, yeah. oh God, he better not be vaping. <laughs> um, but you know, he's like the the parents just say like God, he's just a really good kid, and that's what. And I think you know we've both done a really good job as far as just showing him nothing but love and raising him in the ways that we kind of know how, and and it's worked out really well for us. And uh, you know, Cole's. A perfect example. He's just an unbelievable kid, you know, and I'm, you know, we're all very lucky to have him. So he doesn't have strabismus and he's not getting bullied at school like you are. Tell a little <laughs> oh, bit about geez. you as a kid. Um, <laughs> no, it's actually funny because he's, well, I'll tell you about myself, but <laughs> so I was born with strabismus, which basically I had a crossed eye. It sucked. Miserable, miserable childhood. Um, a great childhood, but miserable with that. And ladies, by the way, if you're like me and you don't know the names of football players, look up Matt Leiner. Just oh, Google God. him, okay? He's a, re- he's a really f- good looking guy, okay? <laughs> Your so- first, uh, the first F-bomb. <laughs> All right, listen. I was We're I was like born, twenty minutes in. I, that's good. For I was me. born. I, mean, <laughs> I was born cross-eyed, which sucks. And I encourage, and I always encourage anyone who ever came up to me, like get your kids' eyes tested very early, because a lot of people just like, oh, they'll be fine. But like, it was just. And my mom did. Thank God, I had my first surgery at eighteen months, and then I, I wore bifocals forever, and then I had my second surgery the summer before high school, which I haven't had a surgery since. I have glasses. I my eyesight's terrible um but my eye doesn't turn in anymore but in that in the in those years in my youth 
I was I was really obese. I was fat as hell. I'm gonna say fat he as shit. A, I was fat as shit. He was a fat kid with glasses. Dude, okay? I was. I now was, go Google him again. I was picture. from fourth grade to fourth grade to sixth grade. I was so big, and I was God. It was embarrassing. But the only thing that I had, like, I was good in sports. I was big, but I was good in sports. So I was like, that was my outlet. You know, people have their outlets and whatever right. they do. That was mine. And then I hit a massive growth spurt, and I just shot up like a beanpole. And, um, you know, and then I just but, – but it's funny, you know. And what I was going to say is for Colt, for me, I have always and I still am insecure of my body because of my childhood. I just had – I had my, my wife makes fun of me all the time. She's like, oh, my God, you're so annoying. I'm like – but I'm like, dude, like I was always so insecure. Like I never would take my shirt off. But I, obviously, I got over that most like being on a football team, whatever. But like when I was a kid, it was like I would change in the bathroom so no one saw me. Like it's – like it was sad. Like and I, and I really relate to kids that go through that now. And with Cole, like he he went through a little bit of bullying, probably. Um, I mean, he probably still will. You know, there's just kids that you know tear kids down. But yes, probably, but it helps if you like are five and you look like you're 12, and and well, you're not getting bullied was, that but much. He was, he was but always a big kid, right? He's a big kid, but he had he was like me, never as big as me. But he had his stages where he was like, oh, he just was like chunkier, like baby fat, like right. whatever. And he, I remember, like, I think it was, he might have been six or seven or maybe eight. I don't know what, but, you know, a kid would call him fat, like, and he would cry to me. I'm like, oh, man, like, this is exactly what I dealt with. Did you show him a picture of you with oh, the my cross God. eyes well, and the glasses? Oh, yeah. So, so you feel better about him. So, but what I, the, but the thing I love about him is he is, he's tall and he is, like, he, thank God he has his mom's side of body. Thank yes. God. Because tall, I, they, thin, tall, blue tall, eyes. tall, thin, but like, but like put together. Like, right. so. His mom's brothers are like built. His dad, their their grandpa's like big, like thick. So he's he's got a good, thick, athletic body. I had a really skinny, <laughs> flimsy, shitty body that I don't know how I made it. Like honestly, I'm like I look back, I'm like God, I'm lucky. Um, but uh, but Cole was saying Cole is so secure in himself, which I love. Like it makes me so happy. Like he like, and it's just something as simple as like like taking his shirt off with all his friends. And he's like, dude, he's got a good body. But it's like for me, I'm just like it makes me really happy that he's. You know, he's very, you know, he's very secure with himself as a 12 year old and he's still sensitive and all that, but it was polar opposite of me and it makes me happy. Okay. So think about that listeners. When we talk about a kid whose parents pretty much never lived together when he was alive Mm -hmm. and yet super well adjusted, amazing kid. Getting back to you, who wasn't that well adjusted, <laughs> notwithstanding the fact that your parents were together forever, yeah. you grew up here. You were in, Orange born in Santa, Orange Santa County, Ana, yeah. okay, and then you went to SC. That's kind of when it started. Yes, what played started? for Pete Carroll football? Yeah, yeah, football. Modern day high school in Santa Ana, which is a big, kind of a powerhouse sports school. Great, great, you know, private school down there, and then got recruited and went to USC to stay home. Couldn't leave my mama, obviously. Right. Um, <laughs> And Pete Carroll came in. His first year was my first year. And our first year, we were, I think we were six and six, very average. Our second year, I backed up Carson Palmer, who ended up winning the Heisman Trophy that year and number one draft pick and played 14 years in the NFL. And, you know, a, a borderline, maybe a Hall of Fame type guy. He was just a just a great guy, great player. So I backed him up and then I took over for him in 03. And then we went on a pretty crazy run at USC and, and had, you know, won a couple championships. And and then, uh, yeah. So you got the Heisman in 2003 or four? Four. Four. Okay. 
Other yeah. people that have gotten the, the Heisman folks, for those of you who don't know, are OJ, Reggie Bush, and Marcus Allen. And thereafter, here's what I like. Now we're back in my realm. You were sought out by The Bachelor a couple times. Johnny is aware of this because he used to cast for The Bachelor. Oh, God, I love The Bachelor. Yeah. love The Bachelor. But you didn't want to be The Bachelor. No. <laughs> I got told very wisely by people that would be a bad career choice you at think? the time. Yeah. yeah. So I actually, you know, so... That was kind of a brief, like, hey, interest. No, okay, done. Like, it wasn't right. like that. Um, Dancing with the Stars is one. Who, Did you do, do that? You, I, do you know Dina Katz? I don't know if you do uh-huh. this. She's the casting director for Dancing with the Stars. She is the best, and she's still there, and she's a Trojan, so we have that connection. And she's she used to, you know, I think she, I think she's over me now, but she used to, like, want me to go on. And I was like, that was another kind of, like, God, like, career-wise. Like, I, it was just like, I don't know what, the, you know, it was just, I was getting told, like, eh, and then I was getting told, like, never know. At this point, like, I feel like it'd just be fun. It's like a different audience. But I think that ship has sailed. But I was like. Are you a good dancer? I'm a terrible dancer. Oh. But I was talking, I was with um, Aaron Andrews, who hosts the show with, uh, I don't know the name of the guy, but Aaron Andrews is, and I are at Fox together. So we were just together in New York. And we had talked about it. She's like, you should totally do it. I'm just like, yeah. I think Dina loves me, but she's over me. So I think I think it's it's past. But well, Dina, if you're listening, come on, I, Dina. I know text you me are. back. Call him. No. He's ready. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. You do so not now, want to see me on the dance floor. Let's talk a little bit about being a dad, raising mm-hmm. a son in today's cultural environment. Johnny's going to roll a tape of the Gillette ad from Super Bowl Fifty Three. <laughs> Bullying. The Me Too the movement against sexual harassment. Is this the best a man can get? Is it? We can't hide from it. It's been going on far too long. We can't laugh it off. Who's the daddy? What I actually think she's trying to say making the same old excuses boys will be boys boys will be boys boys will be boys but something finally changed allegations regarding sexual assault and sexual harassment and there will be no going back because we we believe in the best in men men need to hold other men accountable smile sweetie come on to say the right thing, to act the right way. Not cool. Not cool. Some already are. In ways big and small. I am strong. But some is not enough. It's not how we treat each other, okay? Okay. Because the boys watching today. Will be the men of tomorrow. I like that commercial. I do too. I think it's so. This is what it says: the ad calls on men to denounce the sexism, chauvinism, and hyperaggression that occur all too often among men and boys. Gillette got a lot of praise for taking on a taboo subject mm-hmm. and a lot of scorn for what some consider demonizing masculinity. <laughs> all right, you know what? In this political climate, you can't say anything anymore. You're never you right. However. I thought that the ad, and I, I again, it does not surprise me at all that you are this kind of a dad because you were from the moment mm-hmm. you walked into my office. I mean, you always wanted to be a dad. You are always the guy that set the right example for mm-hmm. people. And I feel like you will raise and are raising a kid who's going to be a better version, not virgin, virgin. 
<laughs> he better be a virgin his whole life. No, I'm just kidding. No. He has another year, maybe. Okay. In any <laughs> Come on. He's sixth grade. Law, let's go. Um, I'm telling you. You were fat and you had glasses. That's why it took longer for you. He's a stud. He in any event, I mean, as a dad, what do you think when you see him with other kids, boys, girls, whatever? What what lessons? And again, he, you t- said he comes to the table as an already really great kid, a kind person, compassionate. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, God, you know, it's it's not. I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny. This is the age, and you're dealing with this now, and you have been probably you know with Luke for a couple of years now, but. You know, parenting has become really hard for me, and in in a in a way because it's challenging me, but also like you know, with and you watch that and you say you know, nowadays what I hear and we joke, but like when you hear the stories in middle school, what kids are doing, and obviously you know how kids can treat women, young girls, and uh, the vaping and just the access that these kids social have now. Media. Social media is is, is re- literally ruining people. I mean, even adults. But there's a platform and people just, you know, just throw anything out there. And it's really hard because that's not how you – it's not even how I grew up. Um, we didn't – well, you're a little older than me. But I'm just saying like you, like Facebook came out – I remember when I was at USC, I think in 04. That was right. the first social media in a way, a social platform for people to connect with each other. And so it's very different. And, and for me, it's very challenging for, for Cole's mother. It's very challenging for my wife and I to – how do we approach this? What are the conversations to say? And, you know, I just go back to obviously how I was raised by my mom and my dad. And, and obviously I draw from my experience as a kid being bullied. And I draw from, I mean, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life. I think we've all, you know, I've, I've, I regret things that I've done and, and probably things that, you know, uh, maybe I got caught up in and, and, you know, but, but that's kind of how you grow and, and you learn from those. And anyway, it's cliche, but you know, you learn from adversity and then you change. And, right. and, and I have, um, and as a dad, you know, I just, I, you know, I just want to, uh, you know, you want to protect your kids, but I want to just, I want to teach him. I want to, I want him to be able to talk to me about anything and not be afraid. I think that's the kind of household that we're trying to raise our 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 son and then our 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 future kids is is to be open with whatever whatever you see, whatever you, you know, if you encounter, you know, someone, you know, vaping at a party and you know cuz those days are coming very very shortly. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you know, how do you respond to those situations? I want him to be, you know, I want him to be able to call me or text me or or just um, say, I mean, here's what I told my mm-hmm. son. I said, here's your easy out. Mm-hmm. One is, I'm an athlete. I can't do that because I'm an athlete. And again, very few people are going to give you shit about saying that because you're an athlete. That's kind of a cool thing. The other right. thing is, you have to have like a signal. Does Cole yeah. have a phone? He has a phone. Yeah. And so it's... we have an emoji. And if he sends it to me, it's like, bail me out. And nobody has to know what that is, right, but exactly. he has to go. Because yeah, I've never it, gotten the text, by the way. <laughs> You'll get it one probably, day. There's probably other kids all over the city texting their moms just because Luke's there. And I'm like, going, I'm sitting there waiting for the text. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, as a young, I mean, I'm still a young dad relative to all of Cole's friends and our Manhattan Beach families, right. you know, and, and people I really admire and people that I look up to who have, I have the same age kid, but they're, you know, in their late 40s. 10 they, years older. Yeah, they just you. have more experience and some of them have older siblings. So, 
we really draw from them a lot. And I'm, I'm like, you know, give us advice. And, and one of, you know, a couple that we really love and a family really love said the same thing. Have, have a signal, have an emoji, have, you know, just one little saying in case you feel uncomfortable because you don't want to be the kid that's made fun of that's not right. allowed to go to the parties. But you also like, you know, wh- whether it's I'm an athlete or, you know, I'm just not into that, but it's cool. Whatever it is. And just that's your thing. Right. And, and um, I think that's like some of the best parenting advice we've had, you know, because we're like coming into these new situations. So. You know, but but it's just very important to me to try and set the best example for Cole as, as a man. And that video, I, you know, Terry Crews, who I love, is, you know, men need to hold the men accountable. And then that last scene where, you know, obviously these kids, these young men and young women, but young men look up to their fathers or the, the you know, the influences in their life. It could be an athlete. It could be whoever. And um, and and sadly, there's so much access to the negativity that happens. And, yeah. you know, you talk about the Me Too movement and, and just bowling and all these things. Like, it's all these kids have access to. So they're just like, oh, my God, is this normal? Is this, and, you know, yeah, it's, and totally it's scary to it. as hell to think that. And it's really... I don't know about you, but it's, you know, it's a scary, it's scary to be a parent these days because you just... And you never know. And again, when your know. kids are are not attuned because there's been so much of the noise around them. I mean, we don't have girls and I mm-hmm. thank God for that. But like <laughs> when you see what young women and little girls are putting on social media, yeah. I mean, I said to Luke and Jack, if if a girl came up to you at school or mailed you in the mail a picture of herself naked, what would you do? And for whatever reason, they were like, you know, because having it, holding yeah. it, having it, you know, but if she emailed it to you or if she posted it on Instagram, you're totally desensitized to that. You might pass it on to somebody else. You might show somebody else. Think about it like that. Well, we had – so that's a great point because I had that conversation with Cole um, about, you know, if, if – because this happened in Cole's school, um, unfortunately. And, you know, I won't get into the details of the story, but it's just something like that happened and – you know, something gets passed around and it's just really sad to think. And I just had to have the conversation with Cole if just like that, like, hey, if, if you know, if there's ever a picture sent to you or if someone like like you just you, tell us right away and right. we'll talk to the school or whatever. But you can't you got to walk away from those things. And it's hard, man. Like I just like and I, you just try and you try and tell them and teach them what you should do and you just hope they do it. Right. Um, and then the second thing, you know, pornography is a big deal. And. These kids, it's really scary again, but these kids have access to, I mean, you could you could go online and just look at whatever you Even want. Even by accident. And if you're that, just, it, you know, Easter, Jack was online looking for bunny. Boy, did there, there were some bunnies that popped Well, up. just, and it's, and it's sad, but it's like, you know, and, and God, and that, and that shows, again, we had this conversation with families, parents not too long ago, and that shows like a man in power over a woman. And that's just like, and then these kids think, oh, okay, well, maybe that's okay how I treat a girl. Right. And that's like, it's just really hard, man. So you have these really tough conversations that you just try and, you know, you try and teach them and you can, you can, you can, like I said, just be open with us and whatever, you know, like I want him to be able to tell me like, Hey, this happened at school, dad, like, what, what do I do? Or, you know, and, and Cole's, Cole's not the type he's very, he's actually a lot like I was like, he's shy and it'll hold stuff in. So right. like, we're I'm trying to like, Hey, you got to be able to talk if you right. want more, you know, leeway and letting us, you go do things, you know, you can go to a party you can go hang out downtown in Manhattan beach, which is a very small community. You got to be open and honest with right. us. And if you lie to us, you're not gonna be able to do that. Right. You know, that's exactly what, you know, like my mom, you know, my mom 
told us. And, you know, so we're, we're learning that as we go. And it's always, you know, God, it just keeps you on your toes. It's really challenging. Yeah. You know, it's wait, really challenging. Wait till there's more. <laughs> have you had situations with Cole's mom where you guys have parented differently and you've had to adjust? I mean, that is the one thing I will say for myself with the, mm-hmm. the dads of both of my sons. We're all really on the same page. And if we're not, we try to get there. Certainly there's things like... They go to sleep later at their dad's house. Yeah, yeah, for there's sure. little things. But for the most part, like you, I think that's really important. So if there were a, an issue or something came up, if you ground him or you yeah. take the phone away or whatever, and he goes over to her house and she gives it back, that's going to be an issue. Everybody has to really be a united front. I feel it's real. That's the hardest part, and I think I mean communication is just the number one thing when you're co-parenting right. and you're not living together and all those things and. You know, we're doing that now with academics. You know, school is tough because you're back and forth. Right. And, um, you know, Cole may leave homework at the – you know, it's just – it's it's very hard. And it's hard on Cole, you know. So you try and – so, you know, we've talked about and, – and this is just recent, you know, and it's good. And we just communicate like, hey, you know, we need to have a plan school-wise. So, you know, you know, every Monday we talk about the week schedule so we know right. like, hey, when a tutor comes or this and that. And it's very helpful, you know, because at least we're on the same page week to week. And you know, maybe it can be tedious, but like it just needs to be done. If do you, you want do to... it via text or do you talk? We text, yeah, 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 yeah. We 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 text and you know we we co-parent very well and and we're on the same. We're around each other all the time, which you know we Cole plays sports every right. day, right. practice and um, you know so like it, it works very well. And there's challenges always. There's always going to be challenges. You know that that'll never change. But I think as long as you communicate and that is like and that's something I'm learning and that's what I'm learning with my wife too. Right. Like, you got to just communicate. You yeah. got to get it out there and you can't just hold things in because at some point you're just going to like explode and it's just not the way you handle. So I think just the constant communication and if you, and you said earlier, you know, in the opening, but like, you know, you just have to you got to kind of throw the feelings aside and say, hey, we're doing this for our kid, right. you know, our daughter, our son. And, and look how great we've done so far. And there's no reason to keep, continue that. You know, like you move on, you mature, you grow as people and. But the constant communication, sometimes you don't want to communicate all the time, but sometimes you have to, and you got to be the bigger person. And and we've done a good job at that. And and as of recent, like, it's just, it's an ongoing thing, you know, because school, like I said, these issues come up, girls come up, um, school comes up, you know, sports, like what high school is he going to go to comes up, all of those things. So you have to be able to, you know, talk and be open-minded to each other's opinions and then come together and what's best for for Cole. And right. those go on all the time. Yeah. And they, by the way, they go on with married people too. Yeah. And I, it's, I'm, I go on with that and I go on with my wife too. I'm like juggling. Gosh, man, I'm juggling all sorts of stuff going on. Are there any traditional notions of masculinity worth keeping? Traditional? Chivalry. Oh, absolutely. Chivalry is, I tell Cole all the time. I've, Oh, I don't. I'm not a hypocrite because I do do this for my wife still. But like, just opening the door. Or right. did you pay when you and Josie went on your first date? Did you pay for the dinner? She want to know what I did. Tell oh, God, me. I'm an idiot. So we went to the Belmont. Yes, like the little bar. Yes, I think, yes. I think it was on La Cienega or yeah, something. Yeah, oh, it's still there. And so I won't even get into how we how we met and, and dated. But the first date was a Spurs Heat game. She's from Miami, so the Spurs were playing. So it was more of a casual, like just ha- we had a couple drinks appetizers and we talked for like three four hours anyway i left without paying the bill on accident what no it was an it was total fib. but did she leave at the same time we left we i totally left the bill and i'm like that's and, a good date by the way dude by the way i was like <laughs> i was so nervous so like i because i knew i knew going in like this is it this is the one like don't 
don't f*** this up, Matt, you know? Josie, if you're listening, he did say to me like a few months ago. Oh, she in, knows. That, that she, this is, she's Oh, the she's going to listen to this okay. for sure. She okay. actually Hi, wanted Josie. to come and then she decided she to. She went to my law school too. Yes. Um, yeah. well, anyway, so she, uh, so, and it was an honest mistake and I didn't realize I didn't pay till like a year later. I was thinking, I'm like, oh my f- God, I didn't pay for our first date. And it was like, you know, like 40, 50 bucks, but I just didn't pay. I stiffed the waiter. They probably thought I was an so asshole. Would you have paid? Of course I would have paid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know I got off topic, but it was funny. Like, I didn't pay for our first date. But yeah, I think, I think just respecting God, like respecting women, man. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it, to me, it's a simple thing, you know, like opening the door. And, and again, I think we could all be better at it, but like, you know, I'm conscious of that. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny. We, we always, uh, you know, Pulling the seat out for the table is like a lost art. I think no one does anymore. Right. And, you know, I try. I don't do it all the time, but I do try to do it. And I think Josie always – she appreciates the right. little things like, oh, that was really nice. Thanks, babe. You know, and they, they right. just like – it's a simple gesture like that. That, that mean, It does. I'll speak yeah. for women. It means a lot. My, my boyfriend, my Matt, is from the South. So whenever I like get up from the table, oh, he's, he stands up. And so – or and I'll say – He's got say, a lot of manners I'll go, probably. what are you doing? He's <laughs> <laughs> like – I'm going. You have to watch my purse. Stay here. And he goes, I wasn't leaving, babe. I was just standing up because you were standing up. But well, still, six years in, I'll still – or I'll, I'll come back in and he'll stand up and I'll say, wait, where are you going? He's just just standing up because you came in the room. <laughs> wow, that's a good man right there. He's a very um, good man. <laughs> yeah, chivalry is important. Um, I think a man – you know, I, I think a man showing emotion is very important and very masculine. I think it can be, you know, perceived another way like, oh, he's soft or he's insensitive. But – I'm a very emotional person, um, you know, from the stupidest things of like dumb movies to. Did you almost cry at that commercial a little bit? It was a great commercial, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, but I'll cry at anything. But like, I just think like you know, be, but showing emotions as a man is important. It's important for you know. It's it's funny. My dad, you know, my dad is when my mom passed. My dad very rarely, and he's old school, you know. So like never see him cry. I've seen him cry maybe two or three times, right. you know, and even since my mom's passed, I know he's sad, you know, but like, he's just one of those, like, just doesn't want to show emotion. And, right. and, you know, it's, I respect it about him. That's his thing. But I've always said like, God, you know, pop, it's okay. Like, you know, it's okay to cry, man. I it's think okay, they just you know? weren't, that's not part of their it's, makeup. Oh, and it's not. And I, and I love that. Uh, I love, part of me loves the, not necessarily that kind of aspect, but the old school way. It's right. just like tough love. Everything it was just different back then. But, I definitely think, you know, you know, being, being vulnerable and, and having emotions very important for Cole, any kid, you know, my kids, future kids to see, you know, and there's an aspect of you want to be strong and be a man and all that. But there's also an aspect of being vulnerable and being emotional with your wife or, you know, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever. So Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. Hi, everybody. You have to check out this amazing new true crime podcast. It's called 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. It's about a murder that took place in Washington, D.C. A family and their housekeeper were held hostage for 19 hours before being killed when the murderers set their mansion on fire. You will be shocked by what they went through during those 19 hours, and you won't believe how they found the guy. I'm not going to ruin the ending, but all I will say is pizza crust. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Podcast One teamed up with award-winning journalist from news giant WTOP to put this story together, and the podcast is absolutely excellent. Download 22 Hours, an American Nightmare Now on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. New episodes come out every Monday. Check it out. 
You're listening to Divorce Sucks. I'm your host, Laura Wasser. I've been practicing family law for quite some time, and I'm the CEO of the online divorce service called It's Over Easy. I know more about breaking up and getting divorced than many, and if you don't have a prenuptial agreement, something that might help you to avoid ever needing the services we provide is having conversations with the person you're considering spending a significant portion of your life with about things you otherwise wouldn't talk about. But again, as Matt has been saying communication. Yeah, they're not oh very sexy romantic conversations, but they're things that set the expectations in a relationship and they will help you. Our guest today is celebrated Fox Sports analyst Matt Leinert, whose accomplishments in football as quarterback at USC and in the NFL have made him one of the most decorated football players in the sports history. We're talking about co-parenting and next chapters. So, Matt. Yes. You and Josie clearly have had many conversations about your relationship, each of the expectations. You've talked about having children, your careers, etc. If you don't have a prenup, and I wouldn't be so bold as to ask, although I guess you didn't because I didn't prepare it. um, Certainly you guys have had the conversations, not necessarily about finances, but just what each of you expects from the other as part of the relationship, correct? Yeah. um, Difficult? Yeah. You know, here's the thing. I think for – Go, so going through my situation, you know, with Cole and his mom, obviously, and we were right there hand in yes, hand, you know, were. it's uh, it can it can get expensive. And then, you know, I, I made a living and made good money and, you know, was a professional athlete. And, you know, my wife, who is amazing, very successful, was an actress for a long time. Now she's going to be a badass lawyer. Like she's she's going to be like she's she's going to be you. She's like she's all, she's like she's a little pit bull. You know, she's Cuban and she's going to be. You know, sometimes it's hard for me to live with her, but but uh, I love that about her because we're opposites. She 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 draws a lot out of me. But the thing that works with us, whether it's finances or or, or anything, is we we come from the same type of upbringing. And what I mean by that is, you know, she has she's Cuban, so she has nine thousand people in her family, right. and they it's a party, and it's and loud. Everyone has an if opinion, they were all in right. here, oh, everyone has an opinion, right. and they talk over each other, and it's just like, but that's what that's who they are, and I actually really like that. For me, it's opposite, but it's still the same core family value. How to you know how you raise your kids? You treat your mom, your dad with respect. You know, you just you treat like just the core things that right. you should you should that all kids should grow up with. So. No matter what differences we've had, and we still like, I mean, we're mar- we've been married for a year, and we still are. I mean, God, like, I just had a conversation with a friend who's been married for you know twelve, thirteen years now, and he's like, he's like, Matt, let me tell you something. We're still learning about each other. We're still figuring out our own issues, and it never changes, you know. But that's uh, part of me. That's kind of the that's the beauty of it. It, it is. It's the beauty of it that you just you should you can't once you get satisfied and content. I think that's when like you it know stagnates, yeah, and then and, you look for you seek elsewhere because yeah, you, wanna, you so, know. So that evolution is huge. Yes. So anyway, so we've had a lot of com- like whether you know financially, and and uh, we were saying like, listen, like you know when we're married, we are one man. Like we are doing this together, you know, and and. You know, what do you say? What's what's mine is yours, what's yours is mine. And I think she always says, you know, I don't know the old saying, but, you know, what's his is mine as well or something yes. like that. You know, yes. she always jokes. But, um, you know, and, and I being with her and marrying her, I knew I was just ready to like, I don't care, man. You're my wife. I love you. Whatever, whatever you want. Whatever. Like, you know, it's just like it's right. it's easy. And I don't think twice about it. So we've definitely had difficult conversations. And, and it was for me, it was more like not being used to this because I never – had been with someone that I cared that I knew that I thought I could have spent my life with, so that was a change for me mentally. Just getting getting used to just the differences of shit, even like living with someone, cohabitating, like it was tough. It was just right. different, but uh, it's 
it's been awesome. You know, I've learned a lot, man. And, you know, I think she's learned a lot from kind of my perspective. And, and uh, we have a really nice, really nice balance of, as you can see, obviously, you know, me, but like, I'm just more laid back. I'm kind of easygoing. She's feisty. So I kind of calm her down. She brings more out of E. So it's really good. It works. And anniversary is May, May 26th, 2018 of last year. So May 26th this year. Yes. She'd kill me if I didn't know that. She, you know it. We, by the way, Johnny, Johnny would have told you. So don't worry. <laughs> All right. This is one of my favorite parts of the show. These are the divorce sucks interrogatories. So Matt Liner, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? I do. Okay. We know you're about to celebrate your one. And how many times have I said that with you a couple times back in the day? Back in the day. This will be right. much more pleasant yeah, and, and less costly, too. So uh. there's that. All right. About on the eve of your one-year anniversary, tell us what is the secret to keeping the honeymoon alive? Well, we're still in the honeymoon. Uh, I mean, well, that's right. So yeah. tell us what the secret is. Um, Please. You know what? I think – well, I don't think there's a secret. I just think what works for, for everybody, but – for us, because we're, we're really busy and she was in law school, as you know, is a grind. And I think for us, the, I don't know, it sounds dumb, but like we have like the, the, the spontaneity is really important with us. So like, like just it, let's go to Palm Springs. If we, if we don't have coal that we can, we have something like, or like, let's go to Santa Barbara or like, Hey, let's go stay. We stayed at the Marina Del Rey hotel a few times, which is 10 minutes from the house. But like, let's just get out like being spontaneous because Things you can get in a rut, you can get in a routine, and then you start to lose like track of like, hey, like we need to take care of ourselves first as a couple. So that's important. I think date night is always important, and we will learn that as you know more and more as we have more yes. kids. Yes. But I just think making time for each other is very cliche, but it's very very important. And I can see like we we can see where you kind of lose sight of like right. you start focusing, you're distracted by so many different things. That you're like shit. Like, when was the last time we had dinner together? You know, so those oh, things. Josie, and then this is so good. Happy anniversary, honey. You're gonna play this <laughs> for Matt. Oh God, I know. You just play it for um, him whenever he starts to like but, act up. But also, um, I mean, you know, you got to keep it. You got to keep it good in the in the bedroom. You know, like you got to have fun. You know, we do. So like, shit. We just you know and. Yeah, we're good. Good. Okay. Well, what's your, what's your favorite breakup song? <laughs> now that we're all picturing you guys in the bedroom. Yes? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, my favorite breakup song. So uh, let's see. The one that I was thinking that I really like was, <laughs> you're going to make fun of me, uh, Beyonce, Irreplaceable. To the left, to the left, everything you own in the box to the left. Yes, I am going to make fun of you, but I like that. Queen B. Yeah. I, I just want to, when I like the song, I like the beat. I think it's awesome. Notice but... Natalie's shirt. Her <laughs> Is, are you are you wearing Queen B? <laughs> yes. Um, then, God, there was one song that I used to listen to all the time. I think it was, uh, damn it, it's going to kill me. Um, it, it was like, uh, it was like, it wasn't like Sam Smith or Ed Sheeran. It was, it was older, it was like 06 or 07, but it had that same sound. And God, I used to listen to it all the time. I think I would cry, and I have no idea what it was about, but I don't even want to get into that. Anyway, next next question. <laughs> what would you say to cheer up a friend who is going through a hard breakup? Um, let's go out and get up and have some drinks. Okay, good one. That's by the way that we we get that answer a lot, right? Like you gotta get, get no, over yeah, it. Yeah, get over it. Let's go. All right, what romantic comedy could you watch on repeat? Well, this is my guilty pleasure. I am a romantic comedy. By the just, way, this is not surprising at all. I was right? going to say, oh, whichever one will he pick? Like most guys Dude. you'd think would be like, oh, I don't know. Well, I'd be curious to see. I mean, you said you don't have a lot of dudes on the show, but <clears throat> what dudes would pick? So, I mean, I could – I like – 
I like the wedding planner. <laughs> I do too. I, love that. I just I just was on a flight yesterday and I watched the second act with J Lo and I just like J Lo's in a lot of romantic yes. comedies. So like I like Matthew McConaughey and J Lo. I mean I it just too. worked and I love that 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 movie. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You is on all the freaking time, and I always find myself watching that. I just watched Princess Diaries with Anne Hath. By the way, I don't think I'd ever seen Princess Diaries, like the full thing, and it was on like in the last month like five times in a row on like I don't know TBS or something. And Josie's like, "Oh my god, you even watch this?" So I was like, "Eh, I'll give it a shot." And I watched it, and I watched it like three days. I, Princess, like I think there's one, two, and three or whatever. Yeah. I watched all of them, and I'm like, "How great is Julie Andrews?" Yeah, I oh, mean, Ju- she's and I didn't. This is gonna sound good. I was like, I was like, babe, why Julie Andrews? Who is she again? Oh, no. Like, is she was she oh, Mary no. Poppins or who is she? She was Mary Poppins, right? Right. She's but like more iconic. More importantly, she was is, she was Maria in uh, Sound of Music. Sound of yeah, music. well, yeah. Okay. And my wife is a theater girl, so she's like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "Dude, like." I didn't know. I didn't like. I didn't like this. I never even seen the sound. Good music. because you were kind of going on a very homosexual um. road there. So you brought it back. Well, by not knowing. But God, I mean, I could list. Was. I'm a romantic. I love oh man, anything, anything, and I cry in them all the damn time. Okay, so. and we're back. Okay, and <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want me to? Do Wait, what are this? some other guy? I want to know some. Res- have, oh, I mean, other guys. They haven't been as good. We get a lot of when Harry met Sally from guys. Yeah. Um, That's good. Greece. Greece. Greece is not a romantic comedy. Grease? I did. Oh. Well, you're not a guy. Well, I okay. love which Gre- I love Michelle Pfeiffer, and I love Olivia Newton-John. See? Okay. But, uh, it's not a romantic comedy. Well, with the musical bent. Do you know what was great? It's not a romantic comedy, but that Jayla was in Out of Sight with Clooney. Remember that movie? That's That was like... She was like a badass in the movie. Amazing! Right? That yeah. wasn't a romantic comedy. I said it wasn't a romantic comedy. Crazy but Rich was Asians is really good. Yeah, that is really good. That was a great. I like that that too. was a really good movie. How to lose a guy in ten days? That's that's yeah. Sarah Love Hewitt. Sarah no, Love, no, no. Oh, Hudson. Uh, Kate, no! Don't tell me. Kate Hudson yeah, and McConaughey. Kate Hudson and McConaughey. Yeah, that's yeah. And then Fifty First Dates. Sandler. Yes, yes. Sandler ones are always great. Yes. Love love me some Sandler rom com. Gave us Pulp Fiction and Annie Hall. <laughs> Who did? <laughs> Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Jesus. How about Overboard? That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Ma- Ma- uh, who's it? That was Goldie, uh, Goldie Hawn and yeah. yeah. Kirk Gibson or Kirk, uh, Kirk Douglas. Russell. Sorry. Russell. Kurt Russell. <laughs> they did a remake of that like not too long ago. I think it was terrible. Yes. But who was it? It was it was, uh, it, was Anna, Anna it was Anna Ferris and I forget the name of the guy, but I pronounced it with the rolling R when we were talking to Anna about it. It actually wasn't horrible. Uh, what's his name? Anna Ferris. She's in Eugenio. <laughs> say it. I want to hear you Eugenio? say it. Eugenio. What was his last name? Derbez. Derbez. That's too far from my old head. Eugenio Derbez. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Josie, my Cuban friend. <laughs> Josie speaks fluent Spanish. She would have been laughing at you right now because that was a terrible accent. They did like a... Yeah. It was It was good. That was, was a good, good movie. movie. Overboard was good, though. You can catch today's guest, Matt Leinart, on Fox Sports. And this fall, check out the network's star-studded college football pregame show featuring Matt and some of the other biggest names to have played or coached the sport in the last 15 years. Matt... Thank you so much for being here today on Divorce Sucks, and happy birthday, dude. Please tell people where they can find you on social. Social, uh, at Matt Leinert QB, all across social, same name. Okay. So, Do you still have me. your foundation? Yeah. Talk about it. God, we've had, so basically, we've helped, we've tried to really help underprivileged kids. Uh, it started in L.A., um, and what I mean by that is we've had various football leagues that we do. We've teamed up with, oh my goodness, so many organizations, Ronald McDonald House, uh, big Brother, Big Sister, Make-A-Wish Foundation. We used to do a bunch with back in the day. So we've just tried to really give back and help kids who didn't have, you know, who weren't fortunate enough to have opportunities to play sports and kind of use that as an outlet like I had. So, yeah, it's still going strong. Two, uh, God, it was 20, 
probably right around I met it you was. when it started. So 20, I think I so, went to one of the first things at the bowling alley. So remember? 12 to 13 years had the event, which we're not having anymore. But it just last year was the last year. Um, I'm glad I got you one out of 12 yeah. years. Thanks for coming. No, to I, all went those. I, I went twice. I went twice. Okay. Yes. Um, and Nan's been to a few, right? Nan, yeah. Nan has been to a few. But it, it just like, honestly, it was awesome. And it was like, st- the support was great. It just, you know, the things just, all good things come to an end. So we're trying to, we're trying to revamp and trying to figure out different ways. You know, I lost my mom to cancer. Josie lost his father to cancer five years ago or six years ago now. You know, that's something that's very close to us. So, you know, trying to figure out, just pivot and trying to figure out kind of, you know, what else is important to us. So, yeah. And then I'm I'm a board member at Chalk Children's Hospital now, which is a really cool honor for me. I just got last December which is pretty awesome. That's that's my children's hospital down in Orange County. Right. I've done a lot of things with CHLA, but for them, just a little closer to my heart because my family and stuff. So that's been pretty cool. So just busy and, you know, doing a lot and married. I mean, God, you know, just I know. juggling. I, in, in my tribe, we call it Kvelling. I'm Kvelling for you, Matt Leinart. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Sucks today. Sam, you rye. Thanks for the love on iTunes. We appreciate your kind words. And for those of you listening who want to know more about how to break up and how to move on to your next chapter, leave a comment for us on iTunes. Share your thoughts. Rate us. Five stars, please. And we'll get into whatever else is going on with you on the next Divorce Sucks. Bye-bye.